Welcome back to Always Evolving with me, Coach Mike. Today, you can't escape us. And if you do, we will know how to find you because today we have one of the most recognized bounty hunters in the world join us, Dwayne Dog Chapman. Dog became a superstar when he took his talents to TV and created two hit series for 11 seasons on A&E. Dog the Bounty Hunter and Dog and Beth on the Hunt. In 2019, Dog faced some tragedy when his wife Beth passed away from cancer. Today, Dog joins us and will be talking to us about his journey since then. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Where are you right now? I'm in Colorado, up in the uh, mountains. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. I thought you'd like the background. Yeah, the background's amazing. It looks, and you got uh, bird feeders and everything hanging out behind you. Yes. Oh, yeah. You got to feed the wildlife. There's a lot of wildlife coming down because a lot of people, of course, haven't been in the mountains. So the bears are coming down. Uh, mountain lions I've never seen here. We got a picture of one and three cubs. A lot of nature is coming down towards uh, the cities and the mountains right now, the lower mountain levels. And what what is dog's favorite thing about nature? Like what animal, plant, anything? Well, I like all animals. I think I'm ha- I because of my heritage, Chiricahua Apache, I'm half. So I think the bear, the wolf, you know, things like that that protect. Uh, uh, plants I like. I have a funny story, probably could tell in your show, but about why uh, horticulture is it kind of enthuses me. So I'm, I like plants also. Anything that blooms indoors. You say you could tell or couldn't tell? No, I probably shouldn't tell. Oh no! Why is that? Because <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Can yeah. you tell me? So I have to tell you. Okay, so I was twenty-two or three. And I was in prison in Texas for two years. Well, right at the very last, I was really good warden's barber. So they said, we'll give you a job in the free world. Uh, You can pick holding electrical lines up for trucks to drive on them. There were seven or eight things. And so one said horticulture. And so I picked the horticulture. So when I went to class, there were all these guys there. And I was like, to the boss, where's the whores at? I said, what is this? Because I had seen movies where they integrate you back from prison and give you girls that had a cool hand look, et cetera. And so I swear, I thought that's what it was. And the guard laughed so loud. And I said, please, I can't do this. He goes, oh yeah, you're doing it. So I had to take horticulture for six months. Oh my God. And you really thought, you really thought it would be a line of whores, not uh, I, you... I came a long way, brother. Wow. Wait, so what did you learn in those six months? Well, how to plant, uh, you know, how to plant, how to recognize different seed diseases, bugs, this and that. So, wow. So I know you've come a really long way. You've done a total 180 in your life. Um, and looking back at your life now, what was kind of that First of all, if you could share a little bit about why you were getting in trouble or not hanging around maybe with the right people. And then what was kind of the critical moment that changed that for you? Well, the uh, uh, the authority, you being abused by my father physically, uh, you know, really bad, not punching, but with a belt, bare pants. Again, I couldn't shower in gym. My legs were black and blue every day. 
So that built, uh, you know, kind of a revengeful spirit. And then my mother was Christian. So I had that pumped into me, thank God. And, you know, so there was always a fight going on. What stopped it was I hit the penitentiary and I'm like, there's no girls here. This is the worst place I've ever seen in my life. There are people, the guys kill their own mother. I said, this is, this is the end of the rainbow in this life of crime. You know, you can stick all them Harleys, you know where, because this is not what they told me it was like. So I was rehabilitated because of punishment. I'm not going back. Never wanted God. It's nothing that you can do that uh, equals the punishment that carries it. So, well, I know you went to jail in Mexico. Uh, how did that, how did that compare to going to prison in Texas? Well, I went to jail in Mexico because we robbed, we robbed, we robbed his soul. We arrested a guy for 87 counts convicted rape. So mm. we were on the right side. I knew that it, when I caught him, there would be, you know, but I was on the right side of the law now opposed to on the wrong side of the law, you know, way back in the day. But, uh, and you know, God was merciful. The Mexicans finally dropped charges on us because they realized the guy allegedly could have been down there raping their girls. You know, he didn't change his MO. He still had GHB when we caught him and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, but we do a, a lot of that now. I mean, we're going after the world's, uh, like child molestation and we're going after the worst of the worst now. Cause it's my last quarter. When, so, yeah, I mean, and kind of for everyone, you, you went down to Mexico and the irony is you did the best thing possible for humanity. You actually did good. And then the irony is it wasn't a uh, bounty hunting isn't allowed in Mexico. So that's why they had put you in jail, but you actually did the best thing ever by catching them. Because he was shipped out to the U.S., right? Well, you can make a citizen's arrest, okay? So we we weren't bootlegging him back to the United States because we knew that was illegal. And so what we were on, we were two blocks from the police department on the way to the cop shop. The tapes, the records all showed that. That's what got us released, you know, finally believed that we weren't hijacking some guy out of another country. We were taking him to the cop shop to claim the reward. And finally, the truth came out. But, you know, uh, it takes two, three years, just like America, for justice to be served in, in Mexico. So why do you think you got into being, I mean, you basically have brought bounty, being a bounty hunter mainstream. You know, a lot of us never heard of it before. We knew it went on. Right. But well, what drove you towards that? What made me go towards that? Well, again, you know, not credit to prison for everything, but uh, I I realized why, you know, what am I doing in a place like this? I am not like some of this. What the heck? And so one day I was uh, in prison and I had to catch a guy that was breaking out. And when the lieutenant ran up behind me, he said, hook him up, bounty hunter. And then the warden called me in and said, you know, they're going to kill you. We got to ship you because you cause warden's barber. They, I was at a high position there. The, the most inmate he could ever trust was me. And so he said, we got to ship you because you ran down another inmate. I said, no, no, no. I saved his life. Bigfoot couldn't run. 
I said, they're going to kill him dead. So uh, the Muslims came to me that night and said, why would you do that? And my best friend was black, said, because he don't care. He's half Apache, saved Bigfoot's life. So in the morning, uh, the warden said, well, if you're alive through the night, we'll let you stay. So in the morning, I woke up and outside my cell were uh, cigarettes, candy bars, stamps, envelopes, pens. The warden called me in and said, they given you a love offering dog and made me inmate counselor. And so I became dog, the bounty hunter instead of dog disciple. And then I got out, met Tony Robbins, like real quick. And uh, I realized, man, if I want to be something, I got to be something better than anything else in the world because I've made a terrible mistake and I'm going to do this. And there ain't no bounty hunters left. The only ones I saw were on television and I knew I studied it and said, I can go after these guys and catch them and then talk to them and tell them, listen, you idiots, stop this. You know, it's, uh, I, and I just was not, uh, didn't want to be one. I was called to be a bounty hunter 42 years this February, uh, 8,000 arrests and not, uh, I had to be the best of ever there ever could be. I'm so spoiled. I need so much attention. You know, I just, I love to, be, I'm like you, Brian. That's why I, I looked you up. I love you. We love to be loved. We need more attention. I turn a light on at night in my car to wave at people. And if you love like that people, then you love to be loved. So I had to find something people love me on, you know, I had to find and something then, to be a hero about. And it was almost like before television, people knew you were a hero in your circles. Then you do television and was any of it really hard for you, all the attention that you got? No, I my friend Red, he lives here in Denver. And we've known each other since the fourth grade. And Red's a year older than me. So a, a year ago, they interviewed him here, the Westward Magazine, and said, Red, uh, has Dog changed since he's got famous and all that? And Red said, listen, he's been a legend in his own mind since we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, you know, it's not, I expected it, but I expected it. I wanted to, I had a goal to make, you know, I, I think I started by acting good and then I became, and then I, I started when people walked down the street, no one would say hi. And I made sure that I was going to be the guy that when I was young, that people said, you know, wherever a dog walks, he's always talking to people, tells them hi. I still do that. So I think that's what made me start getting out there. And then I had a dream you know, of becoming on television and having uh, friends and people love me and dog speaks, people listen about law enforcement. And, uh, you know, I arrested a lot of guys, bro. I never beat one of them, 8,000. I arrested some need beat. But uh, I think, you know, it's a God thing. I think God uh, called me to be this and thank God I listened to him about it. And are you available for hire? Like people can call you your company now if there's yeah we're we're we have a new show we've had three networks okay the last network was Dogs Most Wanted with WGN WGN sold we broke all records now I'm not just saying dog dog you know not me we the family saying it was about Beth in her final days right so now we have the show we're all back together because when a tragedy like that happens in your family. It does, you got to pull together. And so it's called Dogs Dirty Dozen. And uh, we're, you can't, we could barely do arrests with the virus right now. 
So Hollywood shut down. So once it opens up, we're coming back with the last. And it's all, I got two grandkids that are in their 20s that are bounty hunting. It's just like, uh, you know, in sports, the, the father or mother are great sports people. And then the kid follows behind them in boxing, you know, same thing. Uh, it's the same thing in bounty hunting. You do, it's the same thing in cops. It's the same thing political. So your parents are a big reflection. So the kids, uh, I want to do one more that just, you know, that uh, we, you ought to see some of the equipment. We arrested a guy the other day. We have all this different stuff, right? You go, oh my God, you can hear him breathe. And he goes, dog, you're cheating. <laughs> cheating? What do you mean cheating? Because I'm using too, too much technology. Oh, do you guys also do undercover stuff or that's just the nature of doing, you know, like you guys must have extensive technology in terms of. Yeah. It just undercover. Most of the stuff. Okay. Is yeah. a guy, a wife will hire you to follow the husband. All right. 85% of the guys are guilty and you got to get pictures and then take them to the wife and they go, Oh my God. And you feel like, Oh my God, I feel so bad for, you know, killing this lady with this info. So I, I did that when I was young. I don't do that. Uh, finding lost kids, so many, so many laws about juveniles that you know, it'll probably get into it more. But right now, there's a lot of pedophiles that are that wanted in every single state, <laughs> and that's when you, 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 you know, physically hurt a baby. The, when you catch someone like that, okay, inside of you, you feel so good. Not only do you catch the guy because. They, the guy needs, you know, locked up in hell. So you feel so good that you change lives and that child someday is going to remember probably and know that dog Chapman and his family got that sucker. You know what I mean? So it, it I noticed 40 years of doing it. It means a lot to go after uh, someone that really deserves to be put away. Yeah. You know, it's in, you and I have something in common about a year ago. I got requested to go to Dubai or Abu Dhabi or something like that. And they were willing to pay me crazy money. 300. Private. Yeah. $300,000. Yeah. And I was bringing it. I was actually showing it to Dr. Phil. And he's like, Dr. Phil was saying to me, he's like, well, you don't go until you get paid and you got to make sure they're legit or whatever. And it was almost too good to be true. And I literally had this moment where I'm like, you know, I'm on Dr. Phil. I'm like, God, the shake must love the Dr. Phil show. Like, why are they going to pay me $300,000, you know? Right. And and then he actually forwarded me an email uh, because you essentially busted kind of their scam that they had going on. Yes. And those same people, you, by you busting that scam, it actually helped give me relief that these people were just phonies and frauds. Boy, they were good, weren't they? They're so good. Oh, they were good, bro. And I, you know, Beth had just passed away, so I, no one's no one's ever asked me about this, but I'll tell you, Beth had just passed away, so I put my team on it. And I was going three hundred grand is a lot of money to me, homie. And I was like, Jesus, Beth. Oh, thank you, Bethy. What the hell? No, I was like, where could it have come from, right? And then Alan Nevins, who is Goldie Hawn's manager, plus plus plus, he's my book manager. She could call me and goes, wait a minute. Because they sent him money. They sent him a check, everything, 200 grand. Me too. It was the greatest scam. And then I thought you and I, 
I'd heard they try to get you too. They did get a couple uh, celebrity girls, you know, and it usually was if they had a tragedy in their life where their mind is a little weak, then they attacked, which is, you know, brilliant, right? But I yeah. thought the, the prince was going to invite me and you down there anyway. I'm like, you know, because we. And how about the, the wardrobe budget? I was like, yeah, I'm wearing Versace. I'm like, I'm wearing Versace to this thing. It's like a ten thousand dollar wardrobe budget. I literally, I literally had a moment. I'm like, oh my god, I've made it. No, I, like, I, you know what I thought? He and his wife, alleged this is, were having problems, and his kids, she took took them right, and was across the street from the Queen's Palace, right? So I thought, oh my god, he's gonna hire me to go snatch the kids back. Oh my God. Oh no. Right. And I have two friends of Mubarak's that I uh, posted back in the eighties bail bonds on. They were uh, Mubarak's nephews. They came to America to go to school, got in a fist fight, put them in jail. I got them both out. Uh, Mubarak talked to me during the, you know, the nutty, crazy airplane, all that. Right. The feds, the department of justice came to my door. What are you doing? Talking to these guys. So I thought Mubarak's had set it up for me, you know, and yeah, that was, I know they got a lot of people for a lot of money. Yeah, because they would send, the scam was they would send you the check and it would actually would appear that it was deposited into your account. Right. But it was only really, it would be taken back out within like 48 hours. Well, and you, they were wanting. You deposit, it was good. Then, right. Then it takes a day to cash it. Well, the next morning they took it out. So whoever went to cash it, boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I mean, real smart, smart, but not that intelligent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I, I was, it, it was definitely, uh, I felt bad for you because your wife had just passed away. And I'm like, they're going after this guy whose wife just passed away you know, and basically trying to say, here you go. Here's a generous, huge gift. And then here you are thinking it's Beth in heaven going like, here you go. I lined this up for you. Yeah. I thought, wow. <laughs> and, you know, still to, I had to, we had to pull a lot together to get uh, the feds to check it out. Cause they're busy with terrorists. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're so under uh, they're The feds are just, they're too busy to do anything like that any kind of money thing and somebody's bleeding they'll do it but so yeah it was sad i'm glad you didn't get burned either now that you're in uh you're more in isolation now in colorado or up in the hills so to speak what brings you the most joy in your life today when you're not working and you're not just when you're chilling well i'm uh a hunter you know i take pictures that i don't kill them and i fish and i do eat those so I love uh, Colorado's, the mountains are just incredible to see critters and go up. It's tw 10 or 15 degrees cooler than it is in the city. And the fishing, I love to do that with the kids. I have a lot of family here. A lot, some of my kids are in Hawaii, Linden's in Alabama, but a lot are here. And, you know, I have a new uh, woman that is a very good Christian. And like, she ain't just like, say the blessing kind of Christian this is a real Christian. So spending time with her and, you know, talking and how did you meet, how did you meet her? Oh, long story, but she, uh, she was at a thing in Arizona. I was in Hawaii and this, her girlfriend said, 
Christian. They go to this, they were at this Christian camp, you know, where they're all like almost walking on water, right? And so the girl's like, listen, you, Beth Chapman just died. And she goes, Francie goes, oh, really? I'm sorry from what? Cancer. Well, Francie had lost her husband six months before Beth passed. And so uh, the girl goes, Francie goes, well, who Beth Chapman was dog Chapman's wife. Who's dog Chapman? Cause Francie's got a TV, but she don't watch it. She's a farmer rancher. And so uh, they're busy all the time, you know? So the girl said, listen, uh, God just told me you're going to meet this guy. And Francie's like, number one, he needs a haircut. Number two, if, if I, I swear she says this too. If I met him, I think I'd be armed. It's kidding. Right. So yeah, yeah. Six months down the road, I need my driveway done in Denver. It's all full of, I, no one's been here a year. So it's big holes. They got to come. I'm thinking two, 300 bucks and level it out, right? It's mud, dirt. And so I asked my neighbor, who do you know? They, he, she, he said, some guy named Bob. So I call up Bob, leave a message. I get a call back from Francie. She goes, hi, Doug. And I go, go ahead. Hi, this is Francie, Bob's wife. And I go, oh, that's right. I called your husband for the driveway. And she goes, well, I'm very sorry, but Bob passed away. And a lot of people don't know that. And all of a sudden I went, oh my God, my wife passed away too. And I was like, it was like, you know, days. And I like started bawling. And I'm like, I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. And I go, and by the way, lady, I'm not Doug. My name is Doug Chapman, Doug the Bounty Hunter. And then one day I was all bandaged up. And I had to go get surgery all over me and I was all messed up. And I prayed to God and said, listen, this is it enough in the Bible. It says, for God does not want a man to be alone. And then I looked more at Adam and Eve and I thought Adam woke up and there was Foxy mama. And that's not what happened. God said, you go to sleep. You've been naming all these animals all day and you go to sleep. And he woke him up the next day and said, Adam, I got a surprise for you. Look what I got. And Adam said, oh, my God. So I told God, I don't got to look. I've got to have somebody that Beth would approve that, you know, my gene pool wasn't, you know, too many Christians that Beth would approve and not get mad at because what if this happened to me? And I left and Beth had to, you know, get another husband. She's 51 years old. She can't be a widow forever. And so uh, I told God, find me. So. I asked Francie to come have coffee because I was, I was hurting. I wanted to cry with some lady that knew what I was talking about. Never thinking nothing. How would I even scheme on a farmer? How would I hit a French girl? Would he even say to him, right? Hey, baby, right? What do I say? So I didn't even think of it. And so we met and then she said, you want to go on a date? You want to go to church? And I said, you know, wow, that's kind of strange going to uh, a date at church. And I went to church and I was holding her hand in the pew and it Cupid shot me right in the Okole with an arrow. And I, and I just was like, if Beth, if I was, I, here's how I say it. And I had Bethy 20 some years. If I was here and a Christian man came to Beth and said, I will love you forever, Beth Chapman. And I believe in God and I will love you and teach you God. I would say, Beth Chapman, you go with him. As a matter of fact, I would step out of the way. So I had to watch what I did because I love Beth and I just cannot be alone. I can't do that. Francie, I can't get away with nothing. 
She made me quit smoking. I pray every day. I pray all day. I just, you know, I got to have that because I'm, I'm an Indian outlaw and I got to have that power of God on me. Right. I, I'm, I got it with Francie. And does your, and when she comes into the family with your kids, it's almost like, how does the role, cause you guys all have roles, right? And Beth had such a role in the family. Right. Well, my daughters are the worst, you know, uh, and they've attacked a few, but they met Francie and baby Lisa loves her. Everyone loves her. Uh, you know, everything is, uh, kosher like that the boys get you know dad whoever you like they love you we love them but the girls are very uh even my granddaughters are great the grandson loves her so they love the fact of what she stands for who she is you know and so on and so forth right now i was gonna say it's probably they're pretty protective over over you and everyone grieves differently and because beth had such a role when a new person comes in you know, everyone's so unique. Everyone has their own personality and it just takes oh, yeah. time to really get to know yes. someone. Well, absolutely. And and uh, the stronger your personality is, okay, when you start going down, it's a heavier fall. So, you know, I'm, I watch psychologically what happens to other widowers and try to dodge all those things. You know what I mean? Okay, I won't go into depression. I won't do this. I will not drink at all, which I... God, if I drank, I'd be crying. So there's a lot of things that, you know, I watched that I couldn't do. So the kids were like, dad, you're, this is grief. Dad, you can't, you know, and they, uh, they, there was a couple that I was like, you know, talking to, wondering about, and they jumped on him, said, get away from my daddy. You know? Wow. So, uh, yeah, they, and you know, I got crazy kids. They don't teach Sunday school. They take down talents, you know, these are nuts, these kids. And there's how many kids like a, do you have? It's like a pack. I have 11 that are alive. One, two's in heaven. So your kids, so you have certain kids of yours, you have 11 kids and, and two passed away. I know one passed away when she, from, from a car accident. Yeah. She was 24. And then I lost a baby boy that was 30 days old. The, the smallest baby in 1979, Zebediah Chapman, the smallest baby ever lived ever in the world he weighed one pound and he lived 30 days and he got i just kind of he just got too sick you know but he lived he made history uh but now uh nine of them are with me no eight of them are with me in the business and then the grandkids they're leland's grandson and uh they're they're you know they're all bounty hunting and we're getting ready to start shooting again so you're saying there's eight of them with you, which means one is not with you. The one that's not, what are they doing? Well, I have two. One was in jail. No kids of mine are in jail, but two of my oldest, oldest, I had when I was 15, is uh, beats up trucks and goes to jail. He don't hurt nobody. He's a stoop. So he's out for about seven months. I told him, if you stay out for two, three years, I'll hook up with you. Right now, go prove it. The other one is Tucker. Uh, he has been in many years in Hawaii. He was 17 and him and a, him and a, a guard from OCCC, the prison, robbed a Japanese tourist with a BB gun. Tucker got 20 years in Hawaii. So 
Parker's been in and out for 17 of those. He was 17. So uh, he's out. The others, uh, most every other one is in the business. They're working like Bonnie Joe does. She uh, does computer stuff and tracks them like that on the Facebook and blah, blah, blah. She'll go with us in the field once in a while, but we need ones that can go track them through Facebook, Twitter, uh, Bonnie Joe. I mean, there's so much technology. It is kind of cheating catching the bad guys now. Well, so you have another show that's going to come out once you're able to start filming again. Yes, sir. And and you also, if anybody wanted a birthday from you, they just go to Cameo where you give like a, you give someone a shout out on that, right? Yeah, I love that. You know, I that's fun for me to do. If it helps someone to do that, uh, you know, I, I like to do it. Yeah, it's it's uh, fun. Awesome, man. Well, listen, I you're an inspiring guy. You march to your own beat. Um, you have carved a path uh, that has taken your pain and, and struggle from when you were younger into a huge empire, really. Um, I'm, thank and you. it's... It's admirable, and I just want to thank you for coming on Always Evolving and, and sharing your wisdom with all of us. I know I got a lot out of it. So we wish you and Francie a wonderful life together. Oh, thank you. And may I give you the secret, okay? And you'll understand this of anybody. If we all just did unto others like we would want them to do unto us. Mm. I have done that for so much. I am the luckiest guy, brother, you'll ever meet in your life. And I have always, when it comes down to it, said, what would, if, if the shoe was on the other foot, what would I expect? What would I do? And darn it, 98% of the time, I did the right thing. And you know how karma, some, some people say God's nickname is karma. So, yeah. And they, yeah, they say karma never forgets an address. Yeah, amen. Love you, brother. Thank you. Hope to see you face to face. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you soon. I'll, I'm sure we'll meet up soon. And thanks again. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Aloha. All right, buddy. For all you out there, definitely keep out of trouble or we know who to send looking for you. If you like today's show, share with a friend and download and click that subscribe today. Thanks for listening and stay safe.